Welcome to Happy Times and Places, the positively inclined Doctor Who episode commentary podcast. The wheeze is very simple. I get a friend of mine to choose a Doctor Who story and secretly nominate their favourite things about it. I have to watch and guess what those favourite things are. Hello, Toby, and listeners to Toby's podcast, of which I am one. I genuinely love this podcast. I think it's exactly the sort of thing we all need right now. One man trying to find something nice to say about any episode of Doctor Who. Toby, I salute you. Um, my name is Ben. Like Toby, I'm a writer for Doctor Who magazine. I've been writing for DWM for over half of its life, for over half of mine uh, as well. And in that time, I've interviewed literally hundreds, possibly into the thousands of members of the cast and crew of Goodnight Sweetheart, no, of Doctor Who. I've also co-written a couple of books with Russell T Davis, the Writer's Tale books, still available from all good bookshops. And uh, I occasionally edit Doctor Who trailers for the BBC. Uh, now, about a year ago, I edited one for the season 26 Blu-ray box set, which gave me an opportunity to um, go back and, uh, as if I needed an excuse, to go back and re-watch season 26, which for my money is... Um, the best, or certainly my favourite uh, classic season of Doctor Who. I love it to bits. Even the the stuff that other people don't seem to like as much. The much maligned Battlefield, I think, is brilliant. I know you, you covered it on this podcast recently. I don't have much time for people who complain that Ghost Light is too complicated. It's not too complicated. Just pay attention. But the serial that I've chosen for you to watch is Survival. Partly because every time I, I watch survival i find something new to love about it also because i think it's a little unfairly overlooked or maybe overshadowed by fenric which is also obviously brilliant but survival just gets it doesn't make many people's top 10 lists and it's it's definitely on mine it's so good uh I mean, it, oh, I love survival for so many reasons. Pretty much anything you guess will be one of my favourite things about survival. I know everyone says this on your podcast, but I really did struggle to whittle it down to just four. I have, for the purpose of this parlour game, so as not to break your podcast, I have um, uh, whittled it down. So go watch part one. I envy you, Toby, getting to watch part one. I, I could do that. Um, I might watch along with you, actually. And I will meet you back here in about 25 minutes. Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, oh, I'm quite excited by this one. Uh, what a lovely intro from Ben, who, if you can't see on video, is looking very, well, he's very sexy anyway, but he's also looking very swish with his with his microphone with a, a gubbins on it. He's professional, you see. I'm very grateful to Ben for taking part because, I mean, he's famous. Um, and not he's not famous for being a Doctor Who fan. That would be a ridiculous thing to be. And <laughs> there's no such thing, I think, as status within Doctor Who fandom. And anyone who seeks such a thing is a fool. Um, but Ben is, a, you know, is, a, is, is a, a YouTuber of note and repute aside from his Doctor Who stuff. So, I mean, I've never really been part of I was never grew up as sort of part of organized fandom. I was always a little askance at it because uh, you know what's the thing Harpo Marx said about no uh, Groucho Marx said about not uh, trusting any club that would have me as a member. Uh, so much self-loathing. I didn't want to be surrounded by anybody that reminded me of me. 
Um, but, but, but you know, when Doctor Who came back and became popular again, lots of young, hip, cool people liked it. So uh, people like Ben could could very much, um, you know, look at uh, old old guys like me and be, yeah, move over, Granddad. The new kids are in town. So I'm very grateful that he's. Uh, that he's uh, uh, contributed to this. He's a very nice fellow. He's been very helpful uh, 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 whenever uh, over the years. Um, uh, I've, you know, I think I've only met him a couple of times. Uh, very nice, very nice chap. Um, um, but as I say, we sort of everyone's sort of in, you know, social media these days. So anyway, I'm surprised and delighted that he's taken part. He took part a while ago, as you heard there. He said, you know, it's what we need right now. I think he he recorded that at the height of the pandemic that hopefully we're coming out of. But uh, the world, the world has uh, chosen to uh, instead make us all sad and worried about something else. Uh, as I record this, so there's 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 always a need to have. <laughs> a bit of positivity in our lives and a bit of Doctor Who. And I tried to combine the two in this podcast and Ben has chosen the very last, oh my goodness, the very last Doctor Who story to be broadcast as part of its initial run on the BBC. It wasn't the end and I hadn't prepared for the moment. So let's see uh, if it reawakens some memories. Uh and uh, and if I can choose some of the same things as as somebody young and cool, uh, <laughs> or whether we'll have entirely different experiences of this. So I have it fired up on BritBox. I also have it on Blu-ray and on DVD. But this is easier than unplugging wires and things like that. But whatever, however you choose to consume it, uh, or actually not watch along at all, just listen to me rambling, uh, which is <laughs> very, very. Uh, uh, I was going to say laudable, it's not laudable, it's lunatic. But anyway, on a count of three, uh, I'm going to start watching Survival in three, two, one, go. Uh, if I press the right. Yes, I have pressed the right. It just took ages. So you've, you're probably halfway through. You're, you're with the bad rocks now. Uh, okay, Alexa, volume five. Oh yes, uh, uh, volume reduction live as we speak. Uh, it's glorious watching this on on quite a big uh, a, a big screen. Uh, it is a it is a long old title sequence, but it's it's very effective. It's I mean I remember I remember when this this title sequence first hit my screens in 1989, thinking wow, apart from the rocks, uh, which aren't good, um, and I'm I'm not a great fan of the wink. Uh, Yeah, I'm not a great... And all the logo. But other than that, <laughs> what did the Romans do with the Doctor Who But it's a great title sequence. The TARDIS and the bubble is marvelous. Now, this is Damon Jeffrey, who I mentioned in the uh, commentary for uh, The God Complex just a few days ago, as I record this, because I did that very recently. Uh, he's an actor and stuntman, and uh, he's not credited on this. He's not credited on The God Complex. However, he straddles... Old Who and New Who, and he was in a production of Emlyn Williams' is Someone Waiting, uh, a professional production, around the time I was doing an amateur one as a schoolboy, and my friend went to see the professional one and got me a programme, and it said Damon Jeffrey's just done Doc 2, so I, so I always kept an eye out for him, and he actually gets a day, and I think, did he say, oh my god then? Uh, you have to be very careful of that sort of blasphemy. That is an absolutely superb, uh, 
And isn't that he actually doesn't get a credit? Um, uh, but but Kathleen Bidmead playing his mum does, and all you, you know, she she gets only sort of one line and miles away. Uh, and I always have to be careful with Catherine Bidmead because. Uh, I always think, oh, old racist. But that's because she's Mike Smith's mum in Remembrance of the Daleks, in which she is not credited, um, even though she has a couple of lines in that. So the demarcation is very interesting. Um, uh, well, no, it's interesting only to people like me. But here she is. She gets a credited role. She she had been, I believe, a member of the production team. Uh, uh, and there she is just in the back of shot. She's no longer with us, I believe. Um, but... Uh, 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 and it always amuses me because I, I, I think now if, if Doctor Who's history was being written in the way that it, it was written in the early 80s, somebody would have gone, and Kathleen Bidmead is Christopher Bidmead's wife. Um, now, this lady doesn't get credited, and she's got more lines than Catherine Bidmead, and she gets a close-up. I think she's called Muriel something, um, but she gets no credit. Uh, so, uh, but yes, because uh, I remember there being a do books called The Doctor Who File, that looked really impressive but were actually um, sort of filler and I remember the one for Galaxy 4 saying Stephanie Bidmead who plays Marga is the wife of Christopher Bidmead because uh, Doctor Who scholasticism in those days was to go do these people have the same surname it's such a small world the world of entertainment they must be married uh, <laughs> and yes John Lee Aladdin in the Daleks is also the same John Lee who's a non-speaking extra Mongol warrior in Marco Polo no uh, anyway, let's not get into those things. That, that's been bothering me lately, and I've worked it into, because I saw somebody tweet about it in an old tweet. And it's incorrect, so I need to address it, but I, but I have to address it in a commentary about survival. That's I have a brain that doesn't like sitting in incorrectness, uh, which I think is, 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 a, is a character defect if it's not a mental defect. This is wonderfully directed. Uh, uh, people hate this cat. I don't mind the cat. I remember my friends at school thought the cat was a bit naff. But at least they go to the effect of making it look a bit matted. It's not too clean. Uh, uh, I th think that those kids playing, which, you know, shot at the ground level, at the cat level, through the grass and through the cat eyes is very effective. Alan Waring, I'd loved his direction of greatest show in the galaxy a show i was not looking particularly forward to because it sounded quite naff in the build-up i, I enjoyed greatest show uh, and just going oh no this guy really knows how to direct and i think of 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 the 80s directors um post harper he's 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 the pick really i think is uh, he does emmerdale now in fact i auditioned for him once and i didn't get the part uh was it for the royal today but anyway he's forgiven he's not the only person that's not cast me um I, and I quite like the, the the posters for cats and all of this sort of thing. Um, I, I remember this time, this, this I don't know, it felt a bit ordinary, this story, because it was, you know, set in the present day. Uh, I don't know if... I don't know why it felt ordinary, and I, and I think it's anything but. Um, I, 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 you know, I think it's got the great running theme of survival... Uh, it, it, it's called Survival, it's Doctor Who's last story um, and of course the bridge between n this and Rose and Julian Holloway, this is great Julian Holloway is a silky voiced brilliant voiceover man did loads of advert voiceovers in the 80s absolutely rolling in it because people got paid properly in those days lives in the States now but he didn't normally play Scottish hard men 
but but these were the days where you'd, you'd cast an actor who's a good actor who's a bit of a chameleon uh and uh and 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 they could they could then do what they wanted with the part uh and i i i and it's and because uh, oh, he's a he's a sort of you know he's a a known actor in the business but uh, but uh, not a not a famous guest star as much for the uh for the for the final doc two story is it he was supposed to be cast in the i think it was in the ken campbell part in the uh, faulty towers wedding anniversary episode and then couldn't do it when the dates got changed and it was a good break for ken campbell uh, so if ken campbell had been cast as the doctor the seventh doctor that might have been oh, any uh, th- those those two universes combining um yeah i i I, I think there's a really sort of brooding atmosphere. Um, and of course, I don't know why I thought this felt low key, especially as it's sort of bringing Ace back to where she's from. And I think it's quite, I know it's done in a sort of Saturday tea time way, but the, the attempt to sort of discuss, you know, errant youth. Um, and it's, it's the nice, the filter on the filter on the camera is great. Um, and having Ainley in the shadow purring away. He was always quite feline, uh, Ainley. I think, you know, he does purr a lot of his lines. So him him being half cat, I think, is 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 a is a is a, is an apt development. But um Yeah, it doesn't cost Yeah, and, and you know, Patterson, you know, embodies the survival of the fittest thing, but he's and he is a bit of an arse in in many ways, but he's also he's entirely consistent within his own worldview, and he's you know he's doing a thing. He's trying to he's trying to toughen up kids in his way. It's still the sort of cultural arguments we're having now about about whether you know as a as a culture you know whether whether indulging is the wrong word, but you, but, but but you know being empathic towards. The vulnerability of young people is is actually good for them, or or whether Patterson's approach is is is, is better. Uh, and it's and it's I think and, and I think the one finger can be a deadly weapon. I think there was a there was a riposte that Ace said in the original script that was uh, quite rightly excised. Um, but it feels. I have to say, as I say, I think I enjoy this much more now than I did at the time where it seemed, I think following Fenric, which had been just so amazing and feel like the sort of Doctor Who story I knew and loved as a kid, even though I'd never seen those stories. Um, this, this I think, is exactly what Doctor Who should have been doing at this time. And if it had continued to sort of em- embrace this um, urban milieu, you know, and and... and, and 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 try and you know try and wrestle with i know the metaphor here is is fairly arch in places but i i'm you know it it's 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 a program that's got to be um followed and by and provoke the thoughts of younger viewers and i think i think that's fine um, Hale and Pace, I remember, you know, this was a sort of thing of going, oh, absolutely furious, they're sending up Doctor Who, although I always liked Hale and Pace, uh, and their management characters, their bouncers when they were on Saturday Night Live, we absolutely loved. But then they soon became a byword for 
uh, bad comedy. I'm sure I'm sure Lee Hurst once described them as the only comedy duo of two straight men. But uh, seeing as what's happened to Lee Hurst these days, I think that's <laughs> you know, be careful. Glass houses and all of that. Um, and they've both actually had very good careers uh, on stage as actors um, and and on TV. Uh, and and they're um, and they're 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 doing a perfectly good job. Um, I, I think they were originally supposed to be playing the other one, and they swapped they swapped the roles. But uh, but you know we were always on the lookout, or I was on the, always on the lookout to get furious and go, oh, casting hell and pace. That's it's the same as casting dead Ken Dodd and take them again. But actually, you you look at this now, and they're and they're two you know they're two guys doing perfectly good uh, acting jobs. Um, and obviously they're an existing double act, so they've got a rapport. Um, I quite li- I quite like the fact that they're in it. Um, and what, what's I don't know what the I don't know how the cat fits into that shelf, but again that's great. That's a great shot of God. How, yeah, how the hell did that cat fit behind? And what anyway? It doesn't matter. It's a scare moment. Uh, money. Haven't you forgotten something? Yeah, see, that's quite funny. Rona Munro, uh, of course, has, has become, become a, a, a hugely respected playwright and are the only person to write for classic Doctor Who and new Doctor Who, and I love that. So this 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 has all sorts of links with with I remember Tiger's cadaver is fairly is fairly Teddy Teddy Bear esque, but oh, Ange the Hunt Saboteur! I love Ange the Hunt Saboteur. I thought you're dead or gone to burn. <laughs> That is a terrific line, but really well delivered. I I know people. I've I've encountered people like that. You read out of this dump. Her her delivery and her tone of voice is absolutely spot on. She's a beautiful one episode cameo. Kate Eaton. Uh, I've never had the pleasure. She's the only member of this cast I've not met actually. Um, but I think she's still around. Uh, so I know D- uh, Dave John who plays. Uh, Derek said he bumped into her. I think she's actually. I think since then she's done a she's done an event. Uh, uh, but I th- I really like uh, I really like Ange the Hunt Saboteur. I think she's a she's a really well drawn character and a real example of of a type of person that I I, I knew. Um, but this is great, isn't it? This kind of all these kids are going missing and people don't sort of notice or people don't care. And, and you know, although it's, you know, it's shot on videotape and it's in the afternoon, the, 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 the nods it has to sort of urban discontent and, you know, falling through the cracks in society. Uh, uh, I, th- I think uh, admirable and, and laudable. Um and interesting, and a and a and a kind of mature. Again, some of the the writing of the younger characters and uh, the fact that they're all about fifty. No, they're not really. But but um, is is a bit you know yeah, um, kid friendly telly in the eighties kind of stuff. You'd you'd be a bit more urban and real, and you'd have younger actors probably. Um, but I nonetheless I I uh, and, and Dominic Glynn's music really helps. But there's something, but there's something about, and, and it's full of litter, and it's actually because the fact it's shot on videotape 
means it's sort of grey, even her wave's good, means it's sort of grey and a bit desolate and a bit Sunday afternoon. And and I know it would be great if it was kind of rain-lashed and there was newspaper blowing and it was dark and whatever. But actually, actually, it's the intrusion into that sort of ordinary real world. That, and that's not bad, that cat. I don't think that cat's bad at all. Um, I know you do it differently now. And, and the crane... And that's that's a good good because we saw the shadow go up then over him because uh, it's the cheater on the horse, isn't it? Basically, but but it's done with a bit of shadow and uh, and a crane shot, and he and he really goes over here as well. So and poor old whatever was the actor's called Sean Oliver, isn't he? Um, but that T A T.A. Twist. That was uh, when I was... I sounded like you might have said something else there. She might have said something else there. Um, but this is this is quite this is quite fun. This is actually very doctory, isn't it? The doctor wandering around with a load of cat food. Uh, I, I quite... I, I think that's quite fun. Um, I, and I, I quite like the fact we don't question why Ace has got a tin opener on her either. Um, and I really like his 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 dark jacket as well, uh, and and the scarf. I could just lose the jumper. Um, good trousers too. Yeah, it's it's uh, oh, and good shoes. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's doing it's doing what Doctor Who did when it came back. It's it's a, it, it, you know you can absolutely see the evolution uh, from from this to Rose even though you know it's separated by however many years 16 years uh, what are you doing <laughs> it's quite jolly um, so I've got to try and think of what uh, uh, um, Ben will like about this and this this having this set in the playground I think is you know, it's just, it's, it's great. It's a really fantastic chase coming up. Al Alan Waring really knows where to put his camera. He's also good at pacing. Uh, he, he does soap operas now. He largely does Emmerdale, I think. I would have I'd loved to have seen him do do m more sort of sci-fi or more grown-up telly because I think he's got a real, he's got a real aptitude uh, for for this kind of storytelling. But I suppose the shows, the shows weren't around. Uh, and I love the theme, uh, the chase theme that's about to go up. And that's great. Oh, and that's Lisa Bowerman, uh, who is one of the nicest people in the world. And if you want to meet somebody who uh, thinks and knows too much about uh, British character actors to the extent that I do, but is also um, uh, a fascinating and interesting woman, uh, then it's uh, Lisa Bowerman. She's like, she's, yeah, she's like, we, we, we often... Uh, uh, message each other at midnight going do you know of so and so and uh, and she usually does because she really knows her stuff she and she's a and i remember being quite excited that she was in it because she'd been sandra mute in casualty uh uh i think she's the first person is she first on the credits in the radio times for the first episode of casualty but it was just as mute lisa bowman so i was expecting to see somebody who couldn't talk uh and uh, of course that was just her character name and then she was killed that's john nathan turner's dog pepsi uh, uh, his dog quite often appears uh, in Doctor Who. Uh, 
she's in the Curse of Fenric as well in the background when they go to Miss Hardacre's house. But this is really well shot. Uh, and I think that's great that they just go, okay, well, we've, it's, a, it's, a, it's a children's playground, but let's have a cheetah on a horse and having it on a black horse. I think that's really beautiful. And this stuff is brilliantly, brilliantly shot. Uh, and they're going to zip off to the planet. I think that's really, really well done. And it's, it's, it's excellently shot, excellently scored. And oh, what the heck's going on? Uh, she's on. We're on a dusty savannah, I th and I think this. I know it's the Doctor Who quarry, but it's they. They make it look like a sort of sunburned alien planet. And that paint box effects on the sky is is excellent. But this is great. The desolate, the playground. Um, again, it's 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 you know e e evil lurking in every corner. The 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 the, the mysterious, you know, uh, uh, you know, on your yeah the. The cheetah person on your loo in Tooting Beck, or at least you know at the urinals in Perryvale. Haha. <laughs> uh, but the even the but the music suggests the savannah as well. I think Dominic Glynn is a fantastic. Oh, and there's there's poor old Damon Jeffrey. Uh, what is it? Jim, your dinner's on the table. What's he called? Uh, yeah, and that's that's a nice little. Bit. We 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 remember it's him because he's got he's still got his sponge. <laughs> but that's. Uh, uh, but, you know, that's nice and that's pretty grim. You know, these people are being picked to the bone by deadly cats. Uh, um, uh, so what was I talking about? Yes. Um, got, got, yes. Um, oh, he's the neighbourhood watch. Of course he is. <laughs> But I quite like that too. Um, ah, one finger can be a deadly weapon. Now I don't really mind that because it's, you know, only de it's only a delaying tactic in terms of the plot. I don't like the Doctor doing magic things really, but I kind of that's that's fine. That's just uh, it's you know it's Sylvester McCoy's version of Venusian Aikido. Just I need something to incapacitate a minor irritant just just for now. Um, Oh yes, Lisa Bowerman. Lisa Bowerman, very excited to see that she was going to be uh, in Doctor Who. She's a terrific actress. Um, uh, oh, on a poor old him. You 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 think that he might be? Uh, you know, he might be going to have some sort of character arc because he starts off as the character that didn't want to finish him, Sarge, in the in 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 the opening gym scene. And no, he just he he warns Ace and gets killed. That's him. That's that's the end of him. But now that she's had her tea, she's not interested. And I, I quite like that. Um, you know, that's that's a, quite a realistic aspect to the creature. You go, you know, she's not going to she's not going to target the hero of the story, as it were. She's going to eat this guy because because he's easier to eat. But we will see her again. I do you know, what? I actually don't mind the cheetah people costumes. Uh, I, I, I know that they've been criticized for being too teddy bear-y. Um, but seeing as they're people in costumes, I think I think they're I actually think they're fine. Um, maybe they could be a bit more matted, but I think in terms of, you know, how animated they are, the fact you can get a performance out of them, I think they look great on the horse. Um, and, and when the actors are, you know, do it, doing the body language thing, I think it all looks pretty good. Um, now then, I know all of these people. <laughs> um, to different, except I used to live on the same street as Will Barton 
In fact, I spent my last day in my flat in Crouch End. I went over to interview Will for Who's Round. But he he lived on my street for the three years that I lived there. Oh, dear. Um, he doesn't live there now either. And he actually, t I think he was doing a Doctor Who convention because we, we've kept in touch. In fact, I saw him not long ago because he was playing Boris Johnson in a play. Um, and he, we, we, I came to see him and we had, we had tea and it was nice. Um, in fact, I've probably seen more of him since we didn't live on the same street because it took me ages to pluck up the courage to say hello. I saw him in the shop and went, oh, and, and, so, and then I saw him on the bus. And I thought, I know that. Oh, God, it's it's Midge. So then he, when he got off the bus at one point, I, I, I looked to see where he went. Oh, and we voted. We voted next to each other in the election as well one year. And uh, I remember emailing Simon Gurry and going, I live on the same street as Midge from Survival. Um, uh, but I'm, uh, this is great. Um, and well done to that cheetah person because she's just stopped the doctor saying the word twat, I think. You stupid. Oh, thanks. I won't swear now. Uh, I love that. And I really like this location. I, I love the colour of the water at this location. Um, uh, and I th and I think it really serves. And I think the dressing, all these tents and everything, I buy it all. And I love the fact that Julian Holloway tries to do karate. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> but I do. I, th I, th I think his... Uh, I, th I think you know. I think the the rendering of the planet and the and and the and, and the color the color palette that those beiges and greys and oh and it's the master. Now we knew it was the master, uh, but but it means that he's been he's been you know quiet in a tent and being subtle, which you know Ainley had not always been during this period in the show. Um, so that was episode one of survival lisa bowman lovely Lisa Bowman. uh yeah i know i've never met her in the place but yeah everyone on that will barton shakundala ramani and david john all on one time i've met them all it's a bit like that with the and i'm like that with the uh with the uh, the astronauts from mission to the unknown so there's a few few groups of people all under one umbrella who i've met all of and you know what my 10 year old self would have would have taken that uh, I wasn't ten when this was on, but nonetheless, uh, universes away. Uh, Ian Dow, who did the lighting, he was a nice man. Uh, oh yes, Joan Stribling, she's st still working. Uh, right. Anyway, uh, oh Nick Somerville, has anyone ever interviewed him? Stop trying to think about who should be interviewed, Toby. Right. Who? Alan Waring, excellent, excellent director. I will hide the next up because. I've got to choose a favourite thing from episode one of Survival. And there's lots to like there, including things that a lot of people don't like. I don't mind the animatronic cat. I don't mind the... I don't mind is a bit damning with faint praise. I, 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 quite, I think the cheese person costumes are, are fine, are good, actually. They're, they're, they're quite attractive, you know. Um... And I like the clothing that they give them. I think it, you know, it all fits fits well. Um, love the, you know, the image of the cheetah person on the horse. I think that's great. You know, yeah, a cheetah on a horse in a playground uh, is is actually giving a back kick to a, a yeti on the loo in Tootingbeck, and knocking it off its throne for incongruity. Um, but I I th I think I'm going to choose this now because I think it has to be a choice uh, at some point. 
Um, I think, I mean, I think Alan Waring is a real hero of this this period of Doctor Who. I think all of his direction is a cut above what was being done on television at the time, and certainly what was being done on on Doctor Who. Um, but I'm going to choose Dominic Glynn's music. I think Dominic Glynn every time um, kicks it out of the park, really, and and I think that that chase music is really thrilling and i but i think i think the planetary music um is really evocative and really really complements the, the 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 pictures and the design and the and the color scheme and that and what it's trying to conjure that sort of as i say that dusty savanna where you know there are carcasses having the bones picked off them um so i'm going to choose dominic glynn's music uh although you know honorable mention to the to the playground chase uh, as well but ben's very young he'll probably choose something like nfts or um i'm trying to think of things that young people do i don't know <laughs> uh let's uh let's uh find ben what does young Ben have to say? That was part one of survival. Good, isn't it? Um, I was tempted to choose uh, just one line, one of my favourite lines from all of Doctor Who. Oh, hi, Ace. Oh, hi, Ace. thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. That's what they said. Either you were dead or you'd gone to Birmingham. Either dead or gone to Birmingham. Birmingham. Oh, Love that. Uh, but I didn't. Um, I chose as my favourite thing about part one. And you'll kick yourself, Toby, if you didn't guess this, because it's sort of the title of your podcast, Happy Times and Places. It is the time and place in which survival is set. It's sort of set in, in what's tangibly the real world, which I think we forget because of modern Doctor Who doing it all the time, how rare that is for the classic show. And An Earthly Child is set in modern day London. Um, what was then modern day London. Survival returned to modern day London. But in between, uh, the War Machines did it. The TARDIS landing in a lay-by in Legopolis did it. But very few others. There's a real thrill to see the Doctor and Ace wandering around suburbia on a sunny Sunday afternoon uh, and going to like a corner shop and a youth centre and in part three, a council estate. I never watched Doctor Who in the 80s because I was a bit too young. I spent most of that decade sort of crying and shitting myself and missed all of Doctor Who. But the world that the Doctor and Asa are, are, are wandering around in, in part one of Survival especially is, is, the, is the 1980s Britain, the 1980s London that I just about remember. The TARDIS lands outside a house that looks much like the house I grew up in, with the sort of like mock Tudor architecture and the bay windows and the car in the drive with the plastic uh, red nose, red nose day nose on, on, on the front, if you look closely. It feels almost impossible to me that the Doctor and Ace would have wandered around streets like that as part of a Doctor Who adventure on the telly. It gives me chills whenever I see it. I, 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 I love it. A lot of people like give you a, a, a quick 10, 15 second explanation of their favourite thing and then move on. I feel I'm talking too much. Feel free to edit this down. Um, either way, you're about to watch part two of Survival. That's really good as well. Enjoy. I will meet you back here in another 25 minutes. Ah, I'm not going to edit a word of that. And I'm uh, uh, thrilled that Ben has also put a clip in there as well. I mean, he's got he's got a mic with a digital thing on it. Uh, he's, he's in HD when this uh, if you're listening to the to the podcast which comes out first there will be a video eventually um, he's in crystal clear quality um, uh, but 
uh, so I'm thrilled at the efforts that he's got to. Uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong with uh, going into great detail. What I like about this podcast is that every guest reacts in their way. Uh, and uh, I hope it's as much a reflection of the different sorts of people we all are as Doctor Who fans, but actually that uh, we then have loads of things in common, but we express those things that we have in common in very different ways. So when people say, oh, how should I do this? Should I listen to I say, no, just do. This is the brief. Do react in the way that you want to react. Just be you. Um, and Ben is articulate and passionate and, and right, I think, chose chose a better thing than me oh, i chose the music um but i think I've, i'm doing a little gamesmanship there because now that i've chosen it even if he chooses it later i still get the point for that but i think well one yeah the birmingham line is great and Ange, and I, it's odd to, talking all the way through it you get to the end and i forgot i didn't think of Ange and Ange, for, for there are many episodes where Ange and the line i thought you dead or gone to birmingham would definitely be a favorite thing and i do think Ange is definitely worth a salute kate eaton uh, one of the great one-episode Doctor Who performances. And that line, I thought you were dead or gone to Birmingham, is a thing of great joy. Um, uh, but I think that, yes, that... And, and, of course, Ben didn't mention the Pertwee era, and quite rightly not, because although that is set in either contemporary Earth or the near future, depending on what you think about the unit data thing, John Pertwee isn't hanging around suburbia. He's not even hanging around, you know parliament or government buildings but he's certainly not hanging around you know shops uh he's he's generally in you know in unit hq or in you know industrial complexes or whatever it's a it's slightly removed from the everyday world you don't really see the doctor uh interacting with sort of everyday people unless it's some poor sod who's a window cleaner you know is going to fall off a ladder uh, or or somebody doing some form of maintenance who's going to get killed uh, but but this the sort of the urban sprawl if you like the the fact that and i wonder why that seemed ordinary to me when i was a kid because it's it's not usual um perhaps it's because i wanted doctor who to take me to far flung places but actually uh i'm i think i'm i'm better now in in my uh, sort of expect my acceptance of of the places that that doctor who takes me and actually doctor who bringing alien menace to the ordinary and the everyday is a, is a is a key part of its appeal and in fact very important i think it was very important when doctor who came back you know to to, to drag a, a modern audience with it so i think it's you know i think it's really I, th I think ben's quite right in the thing that he's chosen and i'm slightly annoyed that uh, i went for something a bit more prosaic because i think what the modern setting represents is is desperately important to the story to the story's position in the history of doctor who and to actually what happened all those years later when Doctor Who came back. So good choice, uh, Ben, and many, many thanks. Uh, so that's the end of episode one. Uh, so thanks very much for listening. Thanks to Ben Cook, an illustrious guest. Uh, very, very, um, you know, as I say, I'm a bit of a square old geezer and I've got a young, funky, hip person. I mean, he's saying he was young because he was a baby when survival was on whereas I was uh, in my final year of secondary school. Oh, dear. Um, well, <laughs> my chances of survival uh, are slimmer than Ben's. Let's put it like that. But that's time. Uh, I hope this has been a happy one, and uh, I'll be in the same place uh, at a different time for episode two of Survival. And I hope you will join me and join Ben 
and listen to what we have to say. But until then, thanks very much and uh, speak to you next time. Ta-ta. Thanks very much for listening to this edition of Happy Times and Places, presented as usual by me, Toby Haydock. My special guest, though, is Benjamin Cook, who is on Twitter at Benjamin underscore Cook. So follow him there. I'm extremely grateful to him and to the patrons who make these podcasts possible. And they include Ruben Herfindahl, Ian K. McLachlan, Joel Ahrens, the glory-hungry Christopher Meredith, Sam Estirem, Peter Burns, Peter Harness, Ronald Hayden, Rob Leonard, Stephen Moffat, Richard Straw, Nick Tedston, David and David. I still don't know your surnames, guys. I don't know if that's deliberate or not. Jenny at Blue Box 99, Paul Carrington, Paul Cook, Richard Chalk, Peter Crocker, Rob Dawson, John Deere, Chris Dunford-Kelk, Paul Dunn, Jason Gorman, Siobhan Galichon, and Ian Key. The music is by Dave Gates and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. Uh, if you would like to join that list of names, please do so by going to www.patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. I don't, don't think I needed to say the www. Did I? Um, do you know what a modem is? Uh, but anyway, I've I've listened to Top of the Pops. Um, I'm a right old stan of the Doctor Who. Uh, but um, you can go to Patreon. Dot com to buy me some hipness uh, for as little as £3 a month. £3 a month is the lowest tier. Most things are available there. And by things, I mean the advanced releases that you get, the bonus material, the exclusives, uh, and and being very, very far ahead of the Hoi Polloi. So if you're not a patron, I've just called you the Hoi Polloi. I'm sorry about that. But uh, if you want to escape such an appellation, it's only £3 a month and a 10% discount for joining up for a year in one go. There are higher tiers with sort of lures to take you uh, through those tiers. But as I say, it's fairly egalitarian. Pretty much everything is available at entry level. That's patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydock. If you can't commit to a monthly thing, uh, you can do the odd one-off uh, donation at ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydock. It appalls me that I come to you cap in hand in this way, but it is how things are done for freelance creatives these days. So I, I hope I don't sound too uh, obsequious and needy and um, frankly pathetic. But uh, there we go. So is, is that enough self-flagellation to, to send you my way? If not, and look, seriously, I totally get that. Uh, you know, times are financially very, very uncertain. So I'm grateful to you simply for listening and downloading or whatever you do. But if you, whatever the kids do these days with their sounds, uh, but if you could go to iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts from and leave a five-star review, uh, a five-star rating, actually, and uh, a, a review, well, there you can have lots of nice words where you describe what it is you like about these. That really does help to set these podcasts uh, aside from the crowd because there is a crowd of very fine Doctor Who podcasts but uh, I'd be very sad if this got lost amongst them but if it, you know, if it muddled along nicely alongside them I would be very, very happy and you could do that for me and it costs you nothing at all. Thank you so much. I'm also a stand-up comedian. You can go to twitch.tv forward slash excess malarkey 
to see what my comedy club is all about. We went online during the pandemic uh, because we hated taking a break from our, our run of 24 years of putting comedy on stage every Tuesday night in Manchester. Um, since we've gone back on stage, we've had acts like Joe Lysett performing for us and Nish Kumar, um, all at a very, very uh, affordable, we keep the prices low. Uh, but since we've gone back to being live on a Tuesday night, we do the monthly show once a month on the first Sunday of every month on twitch.tv forward slash excessmalarkey. And there's also an archive there of the sort of things that we got up to with some brilliant comedians like James Acaster and Mark Watson and those uh sophie willen all sorts of people um that's that's all up there on our twitch channel and we might start doing more stuff there as well who knows what the future holds for online entertainment but uh we're, we're trying our best to get stuff out there so so do that or if you're in the manchester vicinity come see us on a tuesday night and say hello we even have sweets on the door hear the sound go a bit funny about 17 minutes in um that's because i record on a program called audacity uh, which is so named because occasionally it has the audacity just to um have dropouts for no reason i can possibly fathom i've tried turning off every other running program disengaging from the internet uh do everything i've tried and sometimes i get a completely clean recording and then occasionally there are just one or two dropouts that happen. And then sometimes like 17, like a sort of machine gun fire of dropouts uh, all in a row. I have no idea. Uh, I recorded Survival all on the same night. Episodes two and three are completely dropout free. But uh, episode one, for some reason, when I started talking about Rona Munro, decided to go, yeah, not going to record those bits. And it was over the course of about a second. But it means that I just had to drop in the audio from another source which is why when I record these, I have to, yeah, I have to have, I have to have a couple, well, I, I record it by a couple of cameras as well for the eventual YouTube release, although they are a chore to put together. Um, but they do have the advantage that they at least back up the sound. So I'm sorry it went a bit strange, as I say. Blame audacity, the audacious dropouts, that, that it, the audacious dropout monger that it is. Um, I hope you're all very well. 